Father, we invite you again into this time. Thank you for your great word and your love for us. And Lord, to continue to help us to grow closer to you through this study and through our fellowship as well. And we ask your hand blessing again on our time together. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Hallelujah, Amen. All right. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. There's a page for you to take notes if you are the note-taking type on page 10 in your handout. And um, today in this short talk, I want to just go over a couple couple things. Um, number one is going to be just some encouragement for you about your Bible study time and your personal time with the Lord. And then the second point is just a short introduction to Romans. And several of you were here from the beginning of our big, thick, deep dive into Romans that started last September. And uh, we are doing this study, Rejoice in Hope, a very, uh, just a short review in uh, five lessons and four talks, and or five talks and four lessons, I should say. And uh, you'll have time to review it and understand it a little bit more and enjoy it. And if, if Romans is brand new to you, then you'll have time to kind of get a good overview and maybe you'll be curious and inspired to go back through and do the deep dive study. That study is called Wild and Redeemed. And uh, we took almost a full year to really dig deeply into Romans. And um, we're gonna just, like I said, go through Romans briefly in this summer study together. And uh, during the fall, I take the bulk of the teaching time and during the summer, we have our um, leaders come up and do some teaching. So you'll be hearing from me this one time this summer. And then throughout the summer, you'll be hearing from Cheryl and Lorraine and Jeanette and Hannah, who come on the Wednesday nights. And they're going to bless us by attending also and teaching us on Tuesday as well. Um, one of our goals here at La Mirada Church is to nurture in all of the women a fulfillment of God's word that says that the Lord's bond servant or Christians should be able to teach. All of us should be able to teach, whether it's teaching your own children, teaching with your friends, teaching behind a pulpit, teaching however. We should all be equipped and able to teach. And so we create the Bible study so that you feel equipped and then we get you get to have opportunities to teach. If that's something that you're kind of curious about, I want to grow in that, start thinking about that. And then next year, dig in a little bit more. And maybe next summer, that might be something that the Lord will lead you to end up doing. Um, each of the women who are getting up to teach at one point in their life thought, I could never do that. <laughs> and they're all going to be teaching us something and we're going to learn from them. So I'm excited to hear from other people this summer as well. Um, all right, so um, if, when you came back from your break, uh, I put a little gift for you on your table. Do you see that? Each of you have a, a little twig on your table. Can you go ahead and pick one of those up? There you go. There should be enough for everybody. <laughs> and on your note page, just real quick, real simple, just take a minute to jot down a few describing words about the twig that you have there in front of you. Maybe you'll write about the leaves you see, the colors you see, the link, the shape, whatever. No right or wrong answer. Just describe what you have there in front of you. I'll give you a second to do that. Okay. All right. You had time to look at your little twig branch there. <laughs> How many of you got at least one word written about your twig? One word? Did you have one word written down? Four. You got four <laughs> words? Anyone have more than four words written down? More than five? 
10? Anyone for, like, whoa! <laughs> How many of you wrote something about the colors that you saw on your leaf or your twig? How many of you wrote something about the length, the geometric shape of it? Um, anyone quantify it, like numbers of leaves or anything like that? Anyone do that? You did, Chris? Cool. Um, let's see, did anyone write about shapes, like the, the overall shapes that you saw? Like ovals or anything like that. Okay. Did anyone categorize it in a way that I didn't mention? What did you What did you do, Lorraine? Oh, and oh, you you linked it to Romans Wild and Reading. Yeah. Are are grafted in. Uh -huh. Any others? Yeah. An olive branch. Okay, so you connected it to something you already knew. Good, Ruth. Um, I thought that it was not attached. Okay. Something and that it was very oh, okay. So you described it in space, like what it was in relation to what you know about it. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, oh, Christine? I, I, mine has a little piece that extended and has more roots. Oh, okay. Interesting. Good. Anyone else have another category? I, I kind of alluded to the whole grafting part. Oh, of interesting. It. So new branches coming off of the, the one stem. <laughs> But yes, they all have a shared, yeah. shared lead. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, as you probably guessed, this is this is a visual for us to think through Bible study. And each of you described your, your very similar little twig. And I deliberately tried to pick them that would be kind of similar, but, but different. Um, they're the same in the sense that y'all came from the same tree, right? They're the same in the sense that they're all, if you would categorize it as a twig, some of them would go, oh, that's a little twig, you know, maybe a small branch off of that tree, very small, right? Um, green, they're the same, you know, and all that. But they're different in length and, the, and in shape, the number of leaves, but they were also different in what they triggered in your own mind, right? Like each of you brought something else from your prior knowledge. Some of you, because of the previous Bible study, you're like, oh my gosh, grafted in. And you thought about that and others of you thought about how it's disconnected from a tree and, and maybe that's and some of you are probably guessing as as you were studying it what is jennifer going to ask next and why are we doing this what's going to be her point on on all of this um and some of you might have even thought about like the, the purpose that it has but the my point is to help you understand the value of uh your time with god and in fact, could you just go ahead on your notes there and write the word twig on your on your notes somewhere in all capital letters, T-W-I-G, twig, somewhere on your notes, twig. All right. So the twig is what you have in your hand, but twig is also uh, what we're going to use to help us to remember to have time with God, twig, time with God. And uh, I hope that by hearing from each other, uh, you can also hear what I'm going to say next and that your time with God, all going to be the same in the, in the sense that we're going to be in the word, we're going to have time spent, but it's all going to look different. And that also your time with God, you're going to bring something to your study based on what you already know. And you're going to have questions about the study based on what you didn't know, like gaps, and you're going to bring different things to that time with God. But we're all going to take the time to be with God. And that twig hopefully will be some kind of a reminder along those ways. Uh, some of you being in, in steady and having time with God is new. It's not part of your regular daily routine. You do brush your teeth. Thank you, by the way. Uh, you brush your hair. Lovely. I'm glad. You take a shower. Good job. 
Are you probably wearing clothes, maybe even matching shoes? Thank you, all of those lovely things. Those are priorities that you've made decisions in your life to do. And some of you already have a, a, a set time or routine um, or where you do your time with God. Others of you, it's brand new. You, you don't have that. And you're even in that considering part. It's like you're, you feel like, I probably should be doing this, but you have questions. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I don't long to do it. What if I don't do it right? What if I get started and then I stop? Because I do that a lot in my life. I get started and then I stop and then I let it go. I mean, that's just routines. And these are the these are the types of things that we get going. But what I want us to do as we enter into the summer session is to really think and make a priority to have twig time. Twig time. Time with God, right? And it could be five minutes. It could be 25 minutes. One day it might be 25 and you're like, I can't even believe it. I don't want to put my Bible down, but I really got to go. And the next day you can barely even push yourself to get five done because you got so much on your mind, but you still set aside the time to do it. Whenever we bring something new into our life, we only have the same 24 hours that we started with. We never get an extra hour to fit something new into our life. So whatever you're occupying your 24 hours with right now, something's going to have to give if you're going to add twig time, if you're going to make this a part of your routine. So you'll need to make a decision. Maybe you're going to give up um, 20 minutes of social media. You're like, you know what? I am wasting too much of my brain cells on social media anyway. And so I'm going to be disciplined in that way. Um, maybe you are, are spending more time, you know, surfing the internet. Um, maybe you can tighten up your schedule with how you get to and from appointments, whatever it is, you need to be mindful about it and make a conscious decision. It's when you leave here today, I hope you're excited and motivated to have consistent time in the word. But I also want you to be equipped because if you leave here today with just excitement and you go back to the same exact routines that you've had all along and nothing changes, you're, you're going to feel discouraged because you're not going to have a framework to make it happen, right? And so we want you to have that. So a couple of things that I encourage you is the fellowship that we try to nurture in this group. We really try to keep it real. I hope you're sensing that. Uh, I'm sensing it from the way I talk to you, the way I challenge you to think, and the way I don't let you wiggle out of things and make excuses. Some of you have been on the receiving end of those conversations with me. Uh, and look, you're still here. Yay. <laughs> we take it seriously because we love God seriously, because he loved us seriously too. And so we do that with a heart of love and grace and encouragement. And so you have this group that's going to help you. And then also, I want to encourage you to connect with someone more personally. So if you know going into this summer that you've been wanting to be in Bible study, but you're not that good at it, this is the time before you leave today to text, to connect, to say out loud to someone else, I'm that person. I'm, I'm going to need more accountability. So text me, write me, encourage me, and um, have what we call just a steady buddy. That's not a, a brand new phrasing. We had those in grade school, little steady buddies. I think we all are like little 10-year-olds in a sense, little fifth graders, and we all still need a gold star on our chart every now and then, you know, with Christine over here coming twice a week to Bible study. <laughs> and we all love that gold star of encouragement. And to have somebody else say, good job, you did your study, or good job, you just at least had some twig time, right? So I want you to feel successful. I think about it this way. If I need to get my hair cut, um, I can take my chances and do a walk-in. Um, with some new salon that I've never been to, um, you know, Dollarama Supercuts down the street or something, you know, 
Um, but if I really want to get what I need done on my hair and I want to get it done when I want it done in the way that I want it done and not have to worry about fixing it at the end, I'm going to need to make an appointment. So I've got my girl, right? And I don't just willy nilly pick and choose people. I found a gal who does my hair. I've been with her for 12 years. Maybe you guys are like that as well. I make an appointment. It's a priority because I want it done right. And I want it done well. The same thing's going to need to happen with you in your study time. You want it done right. If you want it done well, if you want to be successful on the end, if you don't want to look like you just walked out of Supercuts first year out of, um, you know, Dollarama School of Beauty, then um, you make an appointment with somebody that you love and trust and you get it done right. Okay. So you need to make an appointment with God. That's your twig time. You need to make a point with yourself. You need to value yourself enough to put it on the calendar and protect that time. And somebody, when somebody says, hey, let's get out and go do this, or you're on internet, or you're doing whatever else, you're like, no, it's on my calendar. I've got it right here. And I'm supposed to be, whoops, twig time. I'm supposed to be in the word. You have it set. It's a part of your routine. So that's my encouragement to you to make God's word a, a priority and to let you know that you are prayed for to that end here, and that we're seeing tremendous results from women who are in the word. Um, I will... I will say that the growth that I've seen in you women over the last several years who've been diligent in your studies in the word has been amazing. It's really, really amazing. Um, the insights that you have and how you get into the word and the connections that you're making. Um, sometimes it's hard to study the Bible. You don't know where to begin. You get lost in the books. Um, doing this Roman study will help. But Christine was literally just sharing with me before I got up here today about you know opening up the book of Elijah. And trying to read that. And her comment was something like, I, I don't understand it. Was I, am I supposed to? <laughs> and Elijah's just want to, you know, a book that might be not the best first book to jump into, and maybe pick a book that you can go into, but you learn those types of things in Bible study and, and in fellowship with each other. You get better, uh, better ideas on how to do that. And then um, you get those aha moments when you also trust the Holy Spirit and when you let God do the work. And what happens so often as our heart is to do the spiritual thing and we know we need God and we want to be in the word. And so we, what do we do? We grab a little devotional or we read, and they might be good, like the daily bread or fill in the blank, any name of any devotional. They might be good, but we need to move from good to better to best. And God's word is best. And we need to get it straight from from God. And uh, we want to help nurture in all of our women, a thirst and a hunger for the real deal, right? It's like, if you've ever been to a restaurant outside of California, that's trying to do a California style burger. Have you ever done that before? I was at traveling a few years ago. And at this one restaurant, they literally had on their fast food menu, California style. I'm like there's a style. I, didn't, I wouldn't even have thought about that. Yeah, you would think I would have liked that. No, they, they put some lettuce on it. So it's just a little bit of green. Otherwise, it was just cheese and, and meat. But if they did it California style, they're, I guess, putting lettuce on it. And um, where it hasn't gotten out to them about avocados, I guess. But you want the real deal. That's why we love, you know, In-N-Out. <laughs> you, know? you want the real good In-N-Out burger, right? So I want you to want the real deal with God's word. Your devotions are sweet but that's not meat from God's word. That's going to truly feed your soul. We want you to have a passion for God's word. And we want you to hashtag ditch the devotional <laughs> and, and really just pick up God's word. But that can be intimidating because you're like, Elijah, like, where do I even begin? 
that's where Bible study comes in. And this is the perfect time to jump in and do that because our Roman study this summer is going to get you excited. It's going to get you into the word. You're going to be just reading the word and just answering questions. There's not a lot of devotional material with it because we just want you in the word. Um, so take that chance to enjoy it and to set aside some time for your twig time. Take your twig home, press it between the pages of your Bible so it dries and becomes something special you can use to help you remember. And, and then don't leave the parking lot without setting up a time and thinking about it in your mind. When's going to be my twig time? What is going to be the time I'm going to have on my schedule? I want to be, this is the year. I'm going to make this a priority and this is going to be me. And maybe next year will be the year also that you'll be one of the teachers because you will have had some of that time under your belt. All right. So the second thing I want to talk to you about is just a brief um, overview. Uh, I mean, intro um, to Romans. So again, back opening up your Bibles to Romans chapter one. The central verse of all of Romans is found in Romans chapter one. And you're going to be reading um, Romans chapters one through five in, in the next five days. I've got it broken up for you, little chunks at a time. And I've got a few questions written out for you to help you read through these five chapters. But I want to key in on chapter one, verses uh, 16 and 17. I'm going to read from my ESV Bible. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. If you are ever asked, or if you're ever wondering what is the message, the central focus of the gospel, and what should be the central focus of each of our lives, that's it right there, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. And hopefully as you go through your study this week, that'll become more open and understandable to you and you'll see the beauty and the power of that verse but i want you just to focus in on some keywords that paul says at the beginning of verse 16 there he says i am not ashamed he's not ashamed at all there's power in that there's resolve in that but think about it there's a shift in that at one point paul was ashamed at one point paul was not a preacher of the gospel. And now he can say with true biblical pride, good godly pride, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God. I would be silly to be ashamed of anything that was from God. And see, the gospel isn't just words. The gospel isn't just a sermon. The gospel isn't just the songs that we sing. The gospel isn't just saying, you know, the good old time gospel. We, we think of it in that way in, in, in America, especially. The gospel, listen, is the power of God. Ladies, if you have the gospel truth, if you have received that, you have the power of God. This is something huge. And we walk around like we're impotent. We don't walk around like we're power and indwelt with that power. We walk around often and we feel weak, we feel defeated, we feel tired physically, spiritually, emotionally. We even catch ourselves saying things like, I can't take this anymore. Been there, anyone? Or when is this gonna end, right? Or I'm over it, anyone? Anyone said that before? <laughs> Ladies, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It is the power of God and you have that in your heart, in your life, if you are into what with the Holy Spirit, if you have said yes to Jesus, 
if you have confessed him as your Lord and Savior, you have that power. There's no reason for you to be living in weakness. You have resurrection power in you. He says the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is such an important key phrase in this gospel because you're going to hear over and over and over again that the key to your salvation is belief. It's belief. It's saying yes to God and believing. And oftentimes our lives are filled with doubt that undermine our belief. And here's the deal. We end up saying that we believe. We go to church and sing phrases like we believe, but we live like we don't believe. I mean, none of you are ax murderers. You're not doing that bad. <laughs> but that's like the scale that we judge ourselves on. But God wants us to live well above that really low bar. You know, not Hitler. <laughs> we living in lack of belief. God says, I want to, we want to be in that level of belief where we're strong on that in every single moment of the day. Listen, I want you in every single decision-making moment that you have in your life to get the distance closed, closer and closer and closer between the issue that you're facing. If you hold up your finger like this and, and your will to do it in God's way to come together tighter, because oftentimes the issue that we're facing and your will to do it God's way is separated like by miles. And it takes you a long time to bring that together. The more you're in the word, the more you're feeding your spirit, the more you're hearing from God and not a devotional, not even sermons, not even Bible study teaching time, but you in the word hearing directly from the Holy Spirit, the closer that distance is going to get together where the issue that you're dealing with and you're resolved to do it God's way and to understand God's way is going to come together. It's like an instantaneous moment. And when people ask you a question, you won't have to hesitate on if it's a yes or a no, or what you should do or not do. It's just like, boom, you know. Why? Because you're indwelt with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? It is the power for salvation to everyone who believes, not on what you do, not on how you live. That comes as an outgrowth as a result of what you believe. And then Paul makes sure we know that God had an order in his design on this and that it was to the Jew first, which Paul was. And then also to the Greek, and that's just the Bible word for us Gentiles, that all of us then, as we learned in our study last year, are, can be grafted in to that, that tree, that olive tree that, that he talks about in chapter 11. For in it, the righteousness in it, that's the gospel, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. So this is, this is also something that I think that we lose sight of the beauty and the power and the pressure almost of it that God is righteous and that we seek that righteousness. And we so often settle for good enough in our life because we compare ourselves to our in-laws. Not as bad as, you know, who, right? In the family tree, right? We're not to be compared to anybody else. We're to be compared to God's righteousness only and not the creepy brother-in-law or the ornery mother-in-law or the old fogey father-in-law or whoever in-law that you've got that you're just like, really God, they're getting into heaven. Oh no. Right. We need to be careful. <laughs> now it's God's righteousness. That's the priority because believe me, you're thinking about that with somebody else. And someone's probably thinking the same thing about you. You probably are about me as well. It's the righteousness of God that we glory in and we're thankful for. And we're reminded of it's so precious, right? As it is, um, it is revealed from faith for faith. So from our faith that it takes us to believe for the faith that it takes us to live. First understanding of that. And second is the faith to faith passing along 
uh, from generation to generation. God reveals, and we're going to get to that um, more uh, deeper into this study. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Ladies, listen. Some of us think that it's only in the New Testament that it's been about faith, that it's an Old Testament. It's always been the way it's been with God. It's always about believing faith. So that's what Romans is about. And our, our study is summarized in its title in Romans chapter 12. If you'll turn over to Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 12, Romans 12, 12. And our study title comes from these verses. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. You see, when we have that kind of faith, when we live that kind in the power, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, then we can truly live out these verses here. That we rejoice in hope. We're not swallowed in despair, right? We rejoice in hope. We're patient in tribulation. We're not antsy. We're not jonesing. We're not trying to get out of it. We're saying, all right, I'm here. What do you want to teach me, Lord? All right? We're patient during the tribulation, the difficult seasons that we go through, and the persecution even if we're facing that. And we're constant in prayer. We don't pray just when we need it. We don't pray just when we're at church. We pray constantly. You're praying for me right now. I'm praying for you right now. We're that good at praying that it's just this constant dialogue. And a beautiful orchestra, like a symphony of all of us praying in that way. So there's your overview, quick introduction to Romans and an encouragement, I hope, to have twig time, to be in the word and to take it seriously and to really think about it and be mindful before you leave the parking lot that it's on your calendar. This is the time that I'm going to set aside to do my study. Um, I've written up uh, five days for you. And they literally say day one, day two, three, four, five. There's seven days between now and next Tuesday. So you got a little wiggle room there. <laughs> so five of those days are written out for you. And that will take you, I would think, maybe 15, maybe 20 minutes to do. All of us have 15 or 20 minutes a day. Um, but you're going to need to make a shift to make that happen. And then uh, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to be video teaching through this series or not. Um, I have some challenges because I'm doing a lot of traveling. My nephew's getting married, so I'm traveling, uh, driving across the country. And uh, we're going to be on the road for like four days. <laughs> so I'm not sure how the internet's going to be. So I'm like, I don't want to commit to video and then not be able to follow through with all of it. So I, I'm kind of up in the air. I might just do it for my phone and be super casual about it. We'll see. We'll see. I'll surprise you. you know, you'll never know. How's that? <laughs> I'll never know probably either from day to day, truth be told. So I hope that's encouraging for you. I would love to answer any questions and get, help you get tightened up on that if you need that. And I'd also want to encourage you to invite a friend to join you. Think of somebody in your life that you think this would be a good uh, study to join and why not do it with a buddy? And this message here is recorded. You can share that with them and then encourage them to jump in. Um, grab an extra packet if you want to. And then also, if you haven't registered yet, please go online and register today uh, so we can get your name. And you'll, that way we get everybody on the same email list when I send out announcements, you can get that. So just take the minute to register online today. And um, uh, don't forget that we're gonna be here next week. <laughs> so you have five days in this study because uh, we'll be here next Tuesday. Let's go ahead and pray and thank God for our time together. Father God, thank you once again for your love for us and for your powerful word and for just the reminders of the joy that we have when we're in it and the growth that we can see in our own life, the wisdom that we gain, the bettering of our own mindset, our own heart, our own attitude, the way we engage with others is so much better when we have time and work. Help us to do that to the glory and praise of your name. We do ask all these things.